Happy Thursday, everyone. Hello, hello. We are pumped to be getting into this episode. This is number two of our eight-part relationship series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super exciting. We've had amazing feedback so far. We finished talking about on Monday, we talked about the aha stage and kind of the importance of understanding ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, so in today's episode, we've had, we kind of had a bunch of questions come in. We also asked you guys if you had any questions. So that's what we're going to do today. We are going to answer them. But first... In, um, I was going to say in tradition of our, but it's only been happening for one week, <laughs> but uh, we are making a tradition where every yes. Thursday, as you guys know, we do a thing called couples therapy. Couples therapy. Why do we do it, Barry? What's Just the purpose? to get our frustrations out in front of all you guys with each other. <laughs> Look, I think I, I don't want to make this deep, but I am going to make it deep because I'm in a deep mood today. But I think couples therapy, the reason we actually did it is because there's a part of our relationship that I think works and mm. that's where we actually, and Barry said this right before we started filming, is he said, I said, have you got your um, couples therapy notes for today? Like, have you got the ones that are going to annoy you? And he's like, honestly, I just don't really have any. And then he, tell me what you said. Well, I said, it's because I don't notice the the, the problems the or annoying anything, things the annoying that you things do anymore. anymore. Because if I notice them, then there's a problem. But if I just go, meh. Yeah, and I think that, like, that's the one part about our relationship that I love so much is that, like, we can just have fun with even, like, the annoying parts. Mm. Like, you either just don't notice them or we notice them and we make fun of it. And I think that, like, look, Barry and I haven't been together for, like, 30, 40 years and I get it, but what my parents have modeled to me, what his parents, his um, mum and his stepdad have parent modeled to them is it's just having fun. Mm. Like, it's being able to laugh at each other's shit Laugh at the fights that you have. So that's why we do couples therapy. Sorry to make it deep, but I made it deep. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the 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 things. That and what I'm are the rules, this- Tara? Oh, yeah. yeah. So the rules. The rules of car- couple therapy for me. And Barry doesn't get to change his rules <laughs> because he didn't set those boundaries at the start. Yeah. But my rules is that when I say something, he has to respond and apologize. <laughs> But can't interrupt during Oh, yeah, it. he can't interrupt during while I'm talking about and it. And my rules for you were none, so... Yeah, and that backfired go. on you last week, didn't it? And it will probably continue to yeah. backfire. All right, you go first. What I'm is your first... first okay. um, need Something you need to get off your chest. When I, okay, this is it. When Tara asks me to answer a question and then proceeds to answer <laughs> that question and interrupts me, that's my first one. Oh, I can say, I was going to say, I can say whatever yeah, I want, you can't can I? Say that. Well, let's just say you're not quick enough. Well, you, no, no, you don't even give me enough time to start. You know start. what's so funny is so many people have noticed like this and they've <laughs> messaged us. They'll be like, Tara starts a sentence. Like last week, I think I said, so Barry, do you want to go first? And it, it, it started the first episode. Yeah, it did. Yeah, you went, uh, Barry, do you want to start? And then you proceeded to start. Well, I was like, uh, okay. I feel like there couldn't be anything more like clear of ADHD, like interrupting yeah. you and just not being able to wait my turn. But you know, it is what okay, it is. Okay, your turn. Come on. Okay. So, oh, I've got, I need to get, I didn't have my notes up. You didn't have your notes you, up. You, you, you do actually your second said, one. You said to me, get your notes up <laughs> I knew that you were going to have a go at me. Okay. My second one is around bedtime. Oh God. So last week, Tara sat me down. And had a go, like a proper go and said, This was one of mine. (laughs) Is it actually? You go. But how is it my thing? It's your thing. 
she sat me down and she goes, you always get into bed so late. You're getting into bed like 10 o'clock. We need to get into bed at nine o'clock. So last night we made a point of getting into bed at nine o'clock and we got into bed at nine o'clock. And what do we put on? We put on below deck and we said one episode. Fast forward to 12, <laughs> 12 a.m. and I'm watching and I look and she's fallen asleep. And I'm like, well, okay. That so sounds then, like a you problem. How is that my problem? It sounds like a you problem. That's not my problem. Because I fell asleep probably at like 11. So yeah. you actually continued watching for no, an entire hour. I don't hour. notice. Yeah, that is I such get a into lie. It. That is I such a lie. I get into it and I don't look you back. You do notice. No, you I just don't. You know I'm asleep and you just don't want to look at me to check I'm asleep because you want to keep watching. Yeah. But 100%. <laughs> okay. Whatever you want to think. But then, yeah. So that's mine. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with mine. Um my first thing that frustrates me continuously, um, it's not just Barry breathing. It's the fact that when he breathes and we're laying in bed at night, he has a stupid whistle oh. in his nose. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I can't even do it in the thing. <laughs> it's, it's occasional. <laughs> it's so it is so annoying. He's okay. laying there going to sleep. I'm like about to pass out and I just hear this. And I just want to whack him. Anyway, that's my first. I can't even defend first, myself to that. That's my first frustration. Do you have another one or do you want me to just get going? I have one more. I think it's around bedtime again. Um, when <laughs> bedtime we're watching Below Deck and Tara says five more minutes and it ends up being two or three episodes. I feel like that's going to be your thing every single week. Yeah, but probably. Because the issue's not going to go away. It will. <laughs> Trust me, it will. Do you know what though? <laughs> There's nothing, when it comes, like I said this last week, where TV series are so much better than movies for people with ADHD, in my opinion. Um, but they're also my, like the bane of my existence in the sense that like, I'll think, oh, you know, yeah, we'll start the next episode, like you said, five more minutes mm. because I want to know the cliffhanger that the previous episode left me off. <laughs> the drama. So then I get into the next one, but then there's another cliffhanger that keeps me the whole episode and then one right at the end that makes me then start the next episode. So then we're like four or five episodes deep and it's mm. 3 a.m. So yeah. it's not it's ideal. It's a big problem. It it's is. I just think. I, I, no, I'm not even going to say that. Well, I think anyway. the hilarious thing is your brother in the car this morning goes, why can't you just watch one? He has no idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay. My next, I was going to say ick, but the, the next thing I need to get off my chest, I feel like anyone with ADHD listening would relate, but Barry and I had been out driving in the car and we had rocked up home and I was on the phone to one of my parents and because I was on my phone, we'd arrived home, pulled in the pulled in the carport, and then Barry gets out of the car. Within the space of two minutes flat, he had planned for his friend to come over. Oh. <laughs> Within two seconds, he took the opportunity that I was I still didn't... on the phone. Yes, you did. He got a call at the same time. The friend called up and he said, hey, blah, blah. And then Barry decides to invite him over because his friend had got a new car to invite him over and then go driving in this new car. I, not once, not once did he tell me, this is in the middle of a work day, mind you. Not once did he, <laughs> not once did he even tell me. He just, I got off the phone literally within two minutes and he goes, oh, um, so-and-so is coming over. 
I was like, what? And let me explain why this is such a big deal. Can I deal. defend myself? No, let me explain why this is such a big deal. Because I don't actually have a problem with it in any way, shape or form. I know it sounds like I do, but I don't. The thing is, is it's like I get so much anxiety. Oh, I don't even know if it's anxiety. I think I just wasn't mentally prepared for someone to come over and like... The idea of someone coming over, I don't know if that means he's going to come in the house. I don't know if that means that I then have to clean the house top to bottom. So you just added like 50 things to my to-do list in the space of two minutes. Did he and come I was in the house? frustrated. Did he come in the Nobody house? Nobody could have. No, and didn't. last time he was here, he did. True. And but I know he that he doesn't care, but I do. Anyway, that frustrated Let, me. Backstory. He used to live with us as well. So it's not like he's a stranger. <laughs> Yes, but any and, any and social interaction I'm not ready for just is too much. And I would like to defend myself in the way that he bought a Nissan GTR, and I it don't was even know what that is. amazing. It was amazing and loud and fast, and it was cool. And <laughs> it was cool. and it was cool. <laughs> okay, so my next. Ick. That is why I. <laughs> my next frustration. Okay. I'm looking at the wrong sheet of paper. <laughs> I was like, why is there nothing okay. there? <laughs> okay, my next thing is, and this has been like a a theme this entire week. You're usually actually really good at this, but this week it is doing my head in. There's so many things wrong with me, is there? I know, I'm sorry. But every time I ask you what you would like to eat, what you would like to do, where you would like to go... It always is followed up with, I don't know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm asking you. And he goes, yes, so what do you want to do? What do you want to eat? I'm like, I'm asking you the damn question because. God, we're really going shoveling the dirt, aren't we? We're finding the bare bones. No, this has actually been annoying me so much this week. Yes. I haven't even noticed. As if you haven't. <laughs> Yesterday, it happened like five times because we, we ate out for breakfast. This sounds so bad. We ate out for breakfast. We ate out for lunch. And then we ended up going up to Mount Tambourine. And like probably five times throughout the day, I was like, what would you like to eat? And he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, no, no. I'm anything. asking you because I'm the indecisive one in this relationship. You don't get to be the indecisive one. Otherwise, we're never going to make a decision. I'll eat anything. You will eat specific things. Yeah, but I still want you to choose for me. Or I want you to make a choice and then I can say no. So then you have to make another choice and then I say no until we so get to one. So say no. Basically, I want you to lay out the options, make choices, so then I can, can say, say no, no to, to them. <laughs> that's how it works. That, that's a very healthy relationship. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Well, I think now is probably a good time to jump in to the second part of this episode. Do you have anything actually before I get to it that you need to get off your chest or is that it? Are we no, done? No, I think it's your uh, toxic trait of trying to oh. me, get me to say no. No, but I'm just kidding. No, I just go, is that a red flag for you? No. You kind of stuck with me. So it's green because it. it's hilarious. You just <laughs> it's laugh a beige about flag. It. It's a beige flag because you laugh about it. So it's pretty funny. It just ends up an argument, but a good argument at that. Yeah, just laugh at each other. All right, we are going to dive into the second part of this episode where we are going to be answering some of your questions around ADHD and relationships. So we're specifically answering questions the next four weeks on ADHD and relationships mm-hmm. because that's the series that we're in. Um, but Barry's going to ask them and I am going to do my best to give you guys some answers. So Sweet. let's get into it. I'll get right into it. How can I get my partner to acknowledge my ADHD? He doesn't ever take it seriously. Yeah. Mm. Look, I think that this is like something that 
a lot of people are struggling with. Um, And I think like I would love to say that, you know, I have this answer for you that's going to really kind of be able to get him out of that headspace. But the reality is, is you can't change someone. Mm. I know that that sounds pretty crappy, but you can't change someone. The easiest way to kind of get them to acknowledge it is you understanding your own ADHD enough that you can start explaining it in ways that make sense to them. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that if your partner is not actually even at a place where they are willing to learn about your ADHD or willing to accept the reality that that's your reality, what I want to invite you to kind of think about is the idea of that being your future for a really long time. Mm. If you're in a relationship where, like, I can't even fathom that. Like, if you're in a relationship where your partner can't even understand your ADHD, let alone kind of give you the accommodations and the kindness and the empathy that you need based on what you're experiencing. That's going to be a really, really hard relationship. And that doesn't just go for ADHD. We've talked about this before, you know, if you've got anxiety, if you've got depression, whatever it is that you're struggling with and facing with, which is going to happen at different stages of your life, ADHD isn't going to be your only struggle. Basically, if you have a partner that is not willing to just meet you where you're at, listen and learn. It's going to be a really hard thing to kind of navigate. But if you are wanting them to try and take it more seriously, I would simply just try to firstly, like I said, work on your ability to articulate how ADHD impacts you and then how it impacts them. Because when they can see that it's also impacting them, selfishless, like kind of selfishlessly, mm. <laughs> can't say that selfishly. word, selfishly, they can then go, okay, well, if I learn about ADHD, how's it also going to benefit me being them? Does that yeah. kind of make sense? Yeah. And it's also the bare minimum for them listening yeah. and understanding. If they're not willing to do that, then yeah, maybe rethink that. <laughs> yeah. And look, like that's, that's kind of like the hard truth. But, you know, if you are with someone that just is blatantly not going to accept your ADHD or doesn't believe it or whatever it is, that's going to have to be a tough choice that you're going to have to make. Like Mm. you're going to have to accept and decide that you have to navigate this alone and that you won't be getting that support from your partner, which causes anxiety, causes it is. It's going to cause a lot of stress. It's going to cause a lot of really, it's going to make the relationship feel not safe. Mm. And you're constantly probably going to find yourself ending up in, burnout because you feel like you can't be your true authentic self so I would suggest that you really just try to educate try to get them curious do it in a kind not you know pushy way but I think that that's probably the best thing and then yeah you really need to like come to a point like we do in most most things in life you have to come to a point where you are either ready to accept that as your you know your relationship or, you know, you make some changes. Yeah. And I, I would say it's it's okay asking for something in a relationship. Yeah. Saying, I need this. Are you able to give me that? Yeah. And that's, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. The next thing I would say is that if you really are, you've decided or you've come to a point that, you know, I actually want my partner to understand that. And you're kind of like, okay, well, what's the next step? What I would then say is, you know, let's say your partner doesn't believe in it. You go up to them and you say, hey... I understand that, you know, this isn't something you understand. This isn't something that you're really willing to, you know, 
explore. However, and this is where you need to set a boundary and you need to set an expectation. Mm. And we'll talk about this like kind of as we talk about this relationships a lot more, but going up and saying, I actually expect my partner to be able to meet me where I'm at because I do that for them. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to explore things with me, to be able to have an open mind, like set those expectations of what you need in a partner and then say to them, look, if you're wanting to make this relationship work and you're wanting to make sure that, you know, we can have a healthy, happy relationship and stay together, I would love to be able to see you make some changes or kind of do those things and meet me with those expectations. This is where the boundary comes into place because then you say, if you can't, I don't know if I'll be able to see a future with us together Mm. because I need someone who's supportive. But this is where, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we set boundaries and never follow through. Mm. And a boundary is only a boundary so long as you follow through on it. So this is where if you set a boundary with your partner, you need to ensure that when push comes to shove, if they aren't meeting you where you are at, you need to be able to follow through on that. Otherwise, the respect will go. They will not take you as someone by your word. Barry knows that if I set a boundary... I've set a boundary. Vice versa. <laughs> Vice versa. <laughs> when I when I set a boundary, a lot of times, you know, I will say, hey, you know, I am actually really, sh-. like if I was in this situation, I would say the boundary I would set would be, hey, I would really love it if you could start showing some interest in my ADHD. If you can't, I don't see the relationship going much further. I don't think I can stay in this relationship. I would love to kind of see this change. And this is where you give a time frame. I would love to see this change happen in the next couple of months. Mm. And then we'll reassess and we'll have another conversation. And this is where you need to be specific about what you expect. Mm -hmm. Because setting a boundary is so important, but it's also they need to understand what they have to meet to, to get there. And, you know, some people will spin a boundary. They'll be like, oh, why are you giving me an ultimatum, blah, blah, blah. And this isn't about an ultimatum. This is simply just you expressing what you need in a relationship and it's it's better for them. They don't want to be stuck in a relationship where they feel like crap because they can't meet you where you're at. So, you know, it's good for them. It's good for you. And if they want to see it as an ultimatum, ultimately, that's up to them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. So the next question is, how to explain we really aren't doing it on purpose, specifically zoning out during conversations? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This one brings up so much. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yep. Tara's definitely done that before. Well, I guess from the non-ADHD partner's perspective, Mm. Barry, what do you think would help from me or from, you know, I guess the question really is like, what do you need as the non-ADHD partner to understand that they're not doing it on purpose? Well, I think one thing that we've kind of put in place to go around this and to dodge it is asking whether the person is ready for the conversation. Yeah. Um, it always, ha- it does happen a lot of times where you zone out when we're talking. Um, and it normally happens when we haven't had that discussion or we haven't had, sorry, not the discussion. We haven't, um, I haven't come up and asked, are you ready for a com- this conversation? Or I want to talk to you about this. It's normally when you're focused on something else. Yeah. No, yeah, if that's, that answers that answers your question. No, that's a really that's a really good tip when it oh, comes okay. to like kind of navigating it, but I guess I guess the question is more so like how to explain that we aren't doing it on purpose. So 
for example, let's say, you know, when we first started dating Mm -hmm. and I would constantly, you know, zone out or I would interrupt or, you know, I would do all these things. The way that you and I kind of got on, because initially when I would do that, you would find it rude. You would feel like I was cutting in. Yeah. And it was because you didn't understand ADHD Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand ADHD. So when I understood it, yeah. So you and then I was, yeah, yeah, I was able to explain it to you. That was when we were then able to come up with that tip yeah. or that the hack that we it, do. Yes. Yeah. So I would say that if your partner is feeling like you are doing these things on purpose and they're like, why they just can't seem to understand why you're doing it. A lot of the time, the reason that that happens is because there's a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of awareness around why it's happening it's like when you get sick like let's say you have a headache and it's like oh why do i have a headache like if you've been for example out in the sun all day if when you understand the why Mm. and you understand you've been out in the sun all day your head's you've been scrunching your eyes up and that's why you've got a tight headache you can understand it and then you can go okay next time i'm out in the sun i'll wear a hat and sunnies drink some water drink some water and then i won't have a headache it's the same kind of thing so you know we only we can't understand things when we can't, when we don't Mm -hmm. understand it. So I always just say that like the thing that helped with us so much was me explaining to you how my ADHD worked, you know, why I interrupt the fact that I have an impulsive nature, the fact it's not personal. We had these conversations. Was it Mm. one conversation and then the issue was gone? No, it was regular conversations. It was me being able to own up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry that I just butted in. I know that that was rude. And it wasn't like I constantly went, oh, that's my ADHD. It was like, that was a conversation we had. We knew that that was playing a role. So I just would apologize. I would be quick to apologize. Barry would be quick to forgive. And then we would use those skills that Barry was just speaking about where, Mm. you know, um, he would say, if he had something really important to kind of talk about, like you just said, you would tell me, hey, I really want to chat to you about this. Is now a good time? Mm. Or I can see you hyper-focused on something probably later. Well, it didn't didn't have to be a very deep conversation would just be with anything yeah yeah because the little things obviously that add up if i'm not felt if i haven't felt heard yeah for a while but yeah yeah no for sure and i think like you know if if you guys get anything from from this whether you are the adhd partner or the non-adhd partner there's a saying that i have even when i work with my private clients that awareness is key Mm. if you are aware of something and you understand it that's when you guys can start working together as a team. You know, if I just said, oh, I, have a he- I have a headache, you know, and I constantly just took Nurofen every day and I never got to the root of the issue, the headache would never go away. I would never have the opportunity to come up with tips and tricks and strategies that work and try them out because, you know, I just didn't ever dig deeper and think about yeah. it. And that's where like, if you can see the theme in all of this is it's like, don't underestimate the power of just learning. Learning about what ADHD is, learning about how it impacts your learning partner. Learning about your partner, yeah. I think would be, it's not even learning what ADHD is, it's learning how it affects your partner. Yeah. Because it obviously is different with every single person. Yeah, for so sure. So if you know your partner, you know yeah. what's going to do those things. Yeah, and that's what you were saying, I think, in the last episode. Um, but yeah, so I think, don't underestimate, I feel like I've said this, I'm such a... <laughs> I say the same thing like 10 times. Don't underestimate the power of understanding Mm. ADHD and your partner and um, encourage your partner to understand you. 
and just dig yeah. a bit deeper. I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning, what we said at the beginning um, in the way of I don't notice anything annoying really yeah. anymore because I've gotten to the point where it was kind of was annoyance, then felt hurt because you weren't listening. But then now it's just like, <laughs> she's not listening, is she? Yeah. It becomes like you've taken the sting out of it. So it becomes like a funny thing. I'm like, Tara, you're not listening. You're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And because it's playful and it's funny, I don't feel that shame mm. either. Yeah. So I don't then start guilt tripping myself. Like yeah. I'm also like, oh, this is my idea. She like, yeah. And we're not hell. perfect in it. it does happen sometimes but yes the majority of the time it, we've taken the sting out of it yeah but i will go on to the next question all right the next one's a good one i'm excited to talk about it yes. <laughs> why do i always go from being super keen and invested in getting to know someone and or spending time with them then at some stage i would feel bored but then would still want to meet as well for another time Okay, so I think what this person is talking about is what I call the toxic ADHD love cycle. It is a beautiful thing that... Your favorite subject. I know, that we <laughs> all go through. And I'm going to give an analogy at the start to really kind of explain it. So let's take our mind off love, off relationships for now. And let's give the example of a hobby because everyone with ADHD would be able to understand this. Mm. So... You know how we randomly decide that, you know, oh, we are going to take up surfing or we're going to take up beating or crocheting or, you know, whatever our hyper focus is at the time, we decide, oh, this is going to be my new hobby. What's the first step that usually happens? We become obsessed with it. Like we, we are just like, oh my God. Like there was, I kid you not, there was a point at which I thought beating making necklaces was going to be my new like career. I thought you said beating. Oh God, not beating. <laughs> but yeah, beating. <laughs> beating was going to be, Barry's like trying to recover for a second. But I gen genuinely thought beating was going to be like this thing. I was going to make money and I was going to create a little Etsy store. So I felt like I literally was like, oh, this is the thing. I became obsessed with it. I became hyper fixated on, on it. I was convinced, like I said, this was like the new thing. Um, and then I rushed into it, right? So what did I do? I went to Spotlight. I spent probably nearly $300 on beads. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. I was ordering all these cool little beads off Etsy to like make it in the thing. Anyway, so I was I was just like, I kind of, yeah, overcommitted myself. Then what happened? She moved on to the next thing. I got bored. <laughs> Lost interest completely. What was the and next Natalie. thing? Surfing, I think, probably. Then what did I have to do? I had to deal with the fact that I had $300 worth of beads. I had a lot of unfinished <laughs> necklaces and bracelets and all the things. Aren't they in a drawer somewhere Yes, they're or in a drawer. <laughs> and then what did I do? I moved on to the next thing, which was probably like painting walls or something. But the point I'm trying to make is that this is a pattern that doesn't just happen in love and relationships. This is a pattern that happens in so many facets of our life with ADHD. It can happen with food. Think about it. You know, I'll get guzzy. I'll be obsessed with guzzy. I'll think I'm never going to eat anything but Guzman like for the rest of my life. And then I don't like Guzman one day. And then I'm like, well, heck, now what? Now it's Indian food. Now I don't, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like this cycle that we just go through. So how does it relate to relationships? It does. It relates entirely. This is the pattern that we follow. So what is the toxic ADHD love cycle? What are the stages? This is not scientific 
fact. This is not scientific fact at all. This is just me coming up with these stages that I've found be patterns in my life. So stage one is falling hard and fast. When we fall in love, people they actually always say, oh, I fall so quickly, you know, that you might be described as that. The second stage is hyperfixation and obsession. This is the stage where we can't stop thinking about when they're going to text us back. We're looking at our phone constantly. We're checking their Instagram stories. We're checking their Instagram. We're seeing if they're liking other people's photos. We are just becoming low-key obsessed. We're kind of like, you know, if we know that they're going to the gym at a certain time, we're going to be there at that certain time just to accidentally run into them. You know, if if they like XYZ, we like XYZ. So that's where we become a little bit obsessed, right? Then let's say the relationship does take it to that next stage. We then become convinced they are the one pretty darn quickly. Now, this happens because I think it's just because we are so blinded by the love that we aren't seeing any red flags. We aren't seeing, you know, that we don't have the same faith or that we don't have the same values or morals or goals in life. But it's like, oh my God, like we're just so caught up that we're like, they're the one, they're the one. And we're just wanting to hold on to them so drastically. And then this causes us to rush into relationships. So a lot of people with ADHD end up paying for it. You know, they're three weeks into a relationship and they're moving in. They're, you know, traveling overseas, paying for an extravagant holiday with this person um, very quickly. They're buying a dog together. They're, you know, planning, they're getting engaged too quickly. Like this there's, sounds like, this sounds like experiences that you've sounds had. like past things I've done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things that we then rush into mm. and that can cause financial issues that can cause emotional issues. Um, but a lot of it takes that kind of stuff. We might even invest a lot of time into this person. So, you know, you might give up your career because they're moving it there and we want to go with them. So what this then can lead into, once you've rushed into things and you've invested and lost a lot of yourself and you're in this relationship, you find yourself bored. Oh, shit. Or not even <laughs> bored. I think it's just like you lose interest. Mm. That's probably the word. So that is stage Five, which is boredom and loss of interest. This is where we start going. The same things that excited us don't excite us anymore. The holiday seems more like a burden. Mm. They're not. You start looking at the dog and you're like, oh God, what did I do? Like you <laughs> love the dog, anymore. but you're like, damn, I'm going to have to have a custody battle over this dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you start losing that interest. And then that then ends you up in this cycle of where you, you feel like you want to move on. And you usually do move on because, you know, the grass always seems greener to us. What did you say to me one day? What did I say? We've already said this before. You wanted a bad boy. Yes, I did. I thought I was, I was craving that excitement again when Barry and I first started dating. Just vanilla, apparently. Oh, you're not vanilla. (laughs) I just. The colors of the rainbow. (laughs) Anyway. um... (laughs) Let's move on. No, I'm just going to lose my train of thought if I don't keep going. (laughs) So then we often move on and we're left with the aftermath, which in a relationship is someone that is probably still invested in us. And we're like, "Mm, no, we're done. So how does this kind of, so this is obviously the stages of the love cycle. This can happen in your early stages of dating, but this can also happen continually in your relationship. Mm. So obviously, how do you break out of it? 
I, again, would love to say that there's this magic potion and pill, but you know, there isn't. There's simply just having the awareness and going, okay, this is a pattern in my life. This constant like need for something new, this constant cycle is something that's very new in our life. So with Barry and I, like I'm fully aware that, you know, I get to this place of losing interest, boredom, blah, blah, blah. But I also know it's just a feeling. And I know that the feeling passes like it does with Guzman, right? I lose interest in Guzman for maybe like maybe a couple of weeks, but then it's back. It is back. Why? Mm. Because I love Guzman <laughs> because it's good food. And it's the same thing. It's like you have to be able to, and that's why having a friendship and having communication and having, you know, this actual connection is so important because when you go through that stage of boredom and loss of interest, you can start working on tips, tricks, strategies, and ways to manage it that actually work for the both of you. Mm. And for us, that looks like going on a spontaneous trip away. That, you know, looks like starting a bloody business together. Like whatever it is, we find ways to really bring that spice back mm. to our relationship. So there are ways to av um, not avoid it. There are ways to manage it. And mm. I think that's, that's the key. But you definitely, if you are feeling like you constantly go through this cycle, please just know. You're not alone in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Barry, do you have any kind of questions about how or any anything to say of how how it is for the non-ADHD partner kind of going through that cycle with the ADHD Just partner? Just throw me in the deep end again. I know, um, you, you kind of zoned out over there, didn't you? No, I yeah, slightly <laughs> did. <laughs> no, but like, so when we went through that cycle and I guess, you know, well, I think we've been through that cycle a few times. Oh, we I have. think you've, you, again, saying the communication and bringing it up to me, saying, hey, I, I feel really disconnected or I need some excitement or those things. Just having that open communication not to, and not, being, not taking it personally, I think, as the non-ADHD person and going, oh, what, am I not exciting enough for you? Yeah, and I think it's how I deliver it to you. I yeah. don't come up to you and be like, um, you're not doing it for me. You're boring. I think I want to break up. <laughs> you're like, Like, hey. I say, hey, um... <laughs> I'm not feeling connected. What can we do? Yeah. Um, and coming up with a solution together and going forward and going, okay, what do you want to do? Go away, start a podcast, um, <laughs> start a business. Just And leaning into those things uh, to rejuvenate or just re-spice up your, your yeah. relationship. And um, I think when you're open to doing that, you find another layer to your relationship. Yeah. And you guys build on, on top of those things. And I'm sure there'll be different times in the future where Tara's like, I need, we need something more. We need to do this. We need to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, well, what do you, let's work together and let's figure it out. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting though, as you were saying that is I've found that as we've kind of gone through this, this cycle time mm. and time again, I've actually found that because I've stuck it out, I, I feel like when it does kind of come up again, it's a really easy fix. Mm. Like it doesn't feel as I haven't had the urge to like leave or like run away because I know that what I like, I know the connection we've had. And like, like you just said, because we actually go through it, you have that openness every time we build a stronger connection over and over and over again. So like that connection is so strong now that like, it doesn't even cross my mind. Like, mm. like I know I want this. I know I want our, our love and our relationship forever. So to me, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just bored. Like, let's just spice it up. Mm. That's it. Like, there's no really intense feeling like I had experienced at the start. 
and like I experienced in relationships previous to to us but you know I think the the key thing that is so helpful when it comes to how you manage it is you having that openness and that not intense like ego reaction where you're like oh like we just know what ADHD is we know that this is a pattern whether it's hobbies whether it's food whether it's relationships Mm. your brain doesn't get to decide like that's the crux of it and you just know it and then we get to navigate it yeah and I think too like even just on a personal level like you at the beginning of this year we or midway through the show, we decided to like grow as people in- yeah. individually. Yeah. And you were like, I need, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I want that for myself as well. Yeah. And we both went on this journey where we grew as people and I think yeah. grew as a couple as well. And yeah. if at the beginning you went, well, I'm doing this and you have to do it. And if we don't do that, our relationship's going to go downhill. Yeah. And we came together and we're like, okay, let's find one for each other and let we grew yeah I've lost myself there I think no no no. I think that that's perfect (laughs) I think it's perfect like and I think that's that's what we were just saying in the sense of you know when you notice yourselves kind of needing something more I think both of you need to be able to go okay cool like how do we both do this and I think that's what you were just saying in the Mm. sense of like I said oh I want to work on myself I want to grow as a person you know you then actually saying cool I'm going to do that too gave us things to talk about yeah it re-spiced it up we had new conversations and it's like you know barry and i've known each other for seven years Mm. we've been best friends for seven years you would think after seven years we've got nothing left to talk about i can guarantee you we we work together all day every day and we talk about stuff constantly yeah and it's because we constantly grow as people and when barry says oh i want to try this and i say okay cool i'll try it too or like vice versa we have things to talk about. We have new challenges. And I think that's what you were trying to land mm. on in the sense of like, yeah, it, it's really like both of you have to have that or need to have that willingness to grow and expand and try new things, mm. um, which is what kind of brings it all together. But that is probably all the questions we have for today. I hope that that was helpful. Um, we are just loving all of the comments, all of the questions that are coming in around relationships. We are just really passionate about helping couples particularly because, you know, nine times out of 10, people who, are, who have ADHD are going to end up in a relationship in some way, shape or form in their life. So really being able to understand how to navigate it is so important. Like, and Mm. it's just something that isn't talked about enough. So we hope you guys are loving this series. You guys know we are running this series in celebration of the You Mean ADHD course that Barry and I together have created for ADHD relationships and couples. Um, But as we've mentioned in previous episodes, we have a few freebies that are coming out um, as well. So we have a daily check-in journal that Barry and I use quite regularly. We don't use it every day, but we do use it most of the time. Um, And it's basically just a really easy way to kind of like connect, talk about what each other are doing. When we first started using it, we actually would write it down. Now it's more just something that we talk about over Mm. breakfast we talk about we chat about um and it's just a good habit builder really yeah the other free thing that we've got is we are going to be running a masterclass on emotional regulation in your romantic relationship so it's called regulated in love and the wait list is now open so you're more than welcome to jump on and listen to that or sign up for the wait list and it will be releasing very shortly last but not least we have 
a community that is called NeuroSpicy Family. It is a community that is a, you basically have like this app um, and we upload resources in there. We upload videos in there. But most of all, we actually have a monthly call every month. We do a book club. We have a lot of fun things. So if you want to know more about that, the link is also below. But that is it from us today. So as always, if you want to share this podcast with other NeuroSpicy people, feel free to, and we will see you next episode. See you guys. Love you all. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>